Hello, how are you going? I hope you're having a lovely day so far. This is your, well, the podcast from Body and Soul, and it is called Healthy-ish. I am your host, Felicity Harley. Today, I've got a special guest. He's joining us via Zoom from the US. Dr. Paul Conti is a world-renowned psychiatrist and author of a new book called Trauma, The Invisible Epidemic. In fact, the forward is by Lady Gaga, who credits Dr. Conti for helping her heal from trauma. She's got a line on the front of the book and she writes, this man saved my life. So he knows his stuff. I found this chat very, how should I put it? informative and reassuring. Now, if you want to hear more from Dr. Conti after you listen to this one, he's also up on Extra Healthy-ish where he shares his strategies for healing from trauma. Just search for Extra Healthy-ish wherever you get your podcasts. Now, this app comes with a trigger warning. We do talk about suicide. Paul, welcome to Healthy-ish, all the way from Portland. How's Portland today? Portland is sunny today, and Portland is not often sunny, so it's a good day here. Oh, what a great day. Now, you've also got a great book. Actually, it's one I think every human in the world should read. It's about trauma. Can you define trauma, what you mean by this, and perhaps why you're concerned it's an invisible epidemic? Yes. So the, the definition of trauma that I utilizing the book is anything difficult that happens to us that overwhelms our coping mechanisms and leaves us different going forward. So trauma can be an acute event. It can be a chronic uh, situation that impacts us over time. It can also be vicarious, right? We can suffer through other people's trauma. And what happens is the coping mechanisms inside of us become too pushed beyond their limits by the trauma. And then our brain makes changes going forward. And that's what's most important because then we're different and we're different in ways that we often do not know or recognize. And it's not a subtle thing. I mean, this is, this is verified and validated by the cutting edge of brain science. So we know that trauma can leave us different in ways where we're not as happy or healthy as we were before. And we don't know it, or we don't know enough about it often. Sometimes we don't know at all in order to recognize and change that. Actually, one of the great things, and I think you made the point there that I like about your book is you normalize trauma. I mean, often we think as trauma as big things that happen to us, you know, cancer and car accidents or, you know, things like that. But I think, you know, through your book, you normalize that perhaps heartbreak and and these kind of things that we think are lesser, they still affect us and our coping mechanisms. Can you talk us through some different examples of trauma? Sure. Sure. The, yeah, the idea that what, what doesn't kill us makes us stronger is not true, right? What doesn't kill us often injures us and makes us more vulnerable for the next thing that comes along, right? So, so examples, acute trauma, as you said, a car accident, uh, the death of a loved one, right? Being harmed in combat. We can understand that something like this can overwhelm our coping mechanisms, but chronic trauma can as well. So some people who are denigrated over time in society, right? and that could be for socioeconomic status, immigration status, gender identity, sexuality, right? These are, are, are ways that people can be undermined over time. And these, these 
smaller traumas can add up and accumulate to the larger trauma that then changes us going forward. And we know this, there's something called the multiple hit hypothesis, right? That, that we see evidence of where sometimes it's multiple traumas or it's less acute traumas over time that end up changing the brain. And when the brain is changed, I mean, this is not a soft concept or a, you know, um, and oh, everybody has trauma when they're not picked for the team. I mean, this is like, no, now your brain is different, right? And you see new people, for example, through the lens of threat, right? And the aging of your cells and of your DNA can be accelerated, right? So a person can be 40 years old and their DNA looks like they're 45, right? It can age us before our time. So these are hard scientific concepts that map, as you said, to the real world, to like the real life around us. And so many of us are dealing with and coping with this often without knowing what it is and without no, without having it validated, right? And without having ways to, to understand it and get help. How can we know that perhaps a trauma is coming back into a scenario that we're dealing with today? And how can we recognize a past trauma in you know the decisions we make in today's life? Right. So, so some ways we can understand that is by paying attention to what our narrative is inside, right? So many of us have a very negative narrative, right? And we're saying things to ourselves like, oh, we'll never get anywhere and we'll never make anything of ourselves. We'll never have a good relationship, right? So to pay attention, what is the self-talk going on inside of us, right? Um, how are we doing? How, what's mood, anxiety levels, energy, sleep, right? Social interactions, right? By paying attention to our life narrative, right? we can also learn about ourselves because often we're just kind of rushing headlong in life. And if we don't stop and reflect, then often we don't understand, right? And I've I, more times than I could tell you spoken with people who are very intelligent and very capable people who have this terrible narrative over and over again in their heads and haven't really recognized like, wow, like what is this, right? And like, this is important. And when did it happen? When did it come about, right? So so the, the idea there is that we, we can understand, right? But in order to understand, we have to stop and look at what's going on inside of ourselves. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And how do we do this? Is it just a matter of sitting down with a journal or, you know, actually you do say in, in the book, one of the most important things is sharing it with someone else. I mean, that can be hard, especially right. when we're riddled with shame about whatever happened in that traumatic event. How, I mean, right. how can we get better at talking to other people? But I think we have to, if we're talking to someone, it has to be someone we trust, right? So it's a close friend, it's a family member, or it could be a clergy member, or just some trusted senior person, right? Or it can be a professional, right? Which gives us the permission to share what's inside of us because trauma changes our brains towards a more negative place, right? We're more likely to be depressed. We're more likely to have all sorts of physical ailments, like including heart attacks, autoimmune diseases like lupus, right? We're more likely to have poor sleep and low energy, right? Because trauma makes these changes in us. It also shifts the brain where we feel a reflexive sort of guilt and shame, right? And I write in the book, I try and have the book be very practical in a way of like writing to to experience that that many of us, if not all of us, in some way, shape, or form can relate to, right? So that's why there's stories throughout the book. But one of this, this, the topics I write about is the loss of my youngest brother to suicide. And that I went through, you know, exactly what countless people I've taken care of have gone through, which was a reflexive sense of guilt, 
right? That I was responsible, right? A reflexive sense of shame, right? That I feel ashamed that this happened and it happened in my family and it happened to my brother and it happened and I didn't know it, right? But, so it makes us feel very differently about ourselves. And then we hide the trauma away inside, which is exactly the, the way that, that we foster the growth of the trauma, right? Now it's hidden away inside of us and it's spinning off all this negativity. So just like, well, actually in, in way, the opposite, right? Of a viral pandemic, we isolate ourselves, right? But a, a trauma pandemic, we, we need to share like, hey, here's what's going on with me. And to share in a way that doesn't apply a lens of guilt and shame, right? And I had to learn this over time that I can talk about this and and it's helpful to me to talk about it. And I started off with close friends and uh, professionals, right? But over time, it's part of what really led me to medicine and led me to psychiatry was this idea that stigma and the, the guilt and shame inside of us, that society, you know, has not come sort of far enough to, to really help us get this out of us, makes so many of us isolated with trauma that could be so much better if we shared and we weren't all isolated with it. Yeah, well, thank you for sharing your story with us, Paul. It was lovely to have you on Healthy-ish. You're very welcome. Thank you for inviting me on. I appreciate it. If this episode did trigger you or raise any issues, Lifeline is there 24-7, lifeline.org.au, or you can call 131114. Dr. Paul Conti's book, Trauma, the Invisible Epidemic, is out now. If you do want to hear more from him, he is up now on Extra Healthy-ish. That episode is live now. If you want more from us, bodyandsoul.com.au is the place to go, or follow us on Instagram or Facebook. Thanks again for tuning into this chat, and if you have a moment, we would be really appreciative if you could rate, review and subscribe to this podcast. And until tomorrow, stay healthy-ish. I'm Sarah Lamarquin, Editor-in-Chief of Stella and host of our podcast called Something to Talk About. Every weekend we publish a new episode where you'll hear compelling personalities, strong opinions and thought-provoking conversations. I wanted to be able to do it in my time when I was ready and speak my truth when I was ready. The topic of when do I become a mum, that is in my mind 24-7. Search for Something to Talk About wherever you listen to your podcasts.